Welcome to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast, covering weekly investment news, important financial topics, and expert interviews. We want to help you become more knowledgeable about the financial world around you. This is not an offer to sell you anything, and remember, past performance doesn't indicate future results. Now your hosts, Ty Hansen and Ryan Robertson. Hello. Welcome out. How you doing, Ty? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you doing? Oh, man. Doing great. So good. Couldn't ask for a better day. At least it's Friday. Yeah. Yep. And we've are got you, our are, matching shirts. Are you? Oh, we're so damn sexy. Are you uh, Are you going to build anything out in your wood shop? Uh, no, it's too hot. I got to wait oh, for sucks. the uh, temperature to go down before I can do anything like that. So like September-ish, October, she'll go back to building yep. little birdhouses for people? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, what is what has been the most intricate thing you've ever built? Uh, I uh, built a uh, kind of a cabinet uh, space for somebody, and uh, cool. They could put a little mini fridge in it. Oh, cool! It had a black walnut. Nobody Ooh. cares about that. Ty, let's move on. Come on. Okay. We are going to talk about stocks today. <laughs> right? Stocks are stocks are cool. I mean, yeah. black walnuts are, cool, but stocks are cool. Way more cool. We're calling this one the life of a stock. Because I feel like that we're getting some uh, maybe some feedback. People want to maybe broaden some of the um, topics that we go into, and actually uh, kind of define some terms and uh, keep it at a level that uh, maybe we don't get in the weeds too far. Oh, we can I can only all I do is get in the weeds. That's my yep. job. No. I'm like a bird dog. I go in the weeds and I go get dirty. Um, no, it's it's good because I think I think you and I forget especially me, like I get so bogged or, or, you know, I'm in the business. I've been doing this for so long. You and I have been 15, 20 years doing this. And, you know, we know, we know, we know this stuff. So if people will be listening and it's like, yeah, I know, I know the words, but I don't really know. What does, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, we'll talk about an IPO today. What the heck is an IPO? We'll, we'll, yeah. yeah. I like it. I think it's good. So when we talk about this, we're going to take it from, from the beginning of really where stocks originate. Like, like the take big bang? All the way through. Mm-hmm. We'll go back from the big bang. And uh, to all the way through to to, to Cro Magnon man, uh-huh. yeah, all there the you way. Go. I like it. Okay, yeah. So here's what we're gonna start with this. When we talk about stock. I guess let's maybe define the idea of stock first. Do that, Ty. Don't get in the weeds. Oh, though. you want me to define? Oh, frick. yes, define it. Don't get it in the is, weeds though. It is equity. Oh, not debt, because because equity is like non debt, right? So just think there's debt and equity. Equity is like a cash, not necessarily cash, but it's a, yeah, it's a non-debt ownership. So equity ownership in a company, that's what stock is. Yeah. And each share of stock is worth the same amount. You just might have different amounts. Yep. Yep. And typically, like, you know, yeah, you own a piece of Apple, like you maybe own one one thousandth of Apple, and that might be worth a lot in your portfolio or not or whatever. It doesn't mean that you get to vote on what do happens anything. in the company, right? Yeah. So Ryan tells me every day, like Ryan is always telling me what to do in the company, right? Always telling me. And so um, stockholders don't necessarily get to do that. I mean, depending on how much stock you own, rights, warrants. I mean, there's a lot of things you can get into. But yeah, for the most part, stock is you own a piece of the company. That's what it is. They're public. So when we talk about stock, all stock essentially, and maybe I'm oversimplifying, but maybe not. All stock starts in private companies. Yes. 
Be, I mean, I would imagine. I, yeah, I can't imagine a company starting public. Really? Yeah. But uh, yeah, exactly. So when when a company is created, depending on the corporate structure, there's there's what's like so many like shares on the books, right? And if it's uh, you're talking about private versus a public, because stocks are public companies. Anybody in the public can own a piece of the company. Private companies, you can't just come in and, and, and own a piece of it, right? And so, yes, if it's a private company, there's a certain number of shares on the books. And that's why they call them, you know, the like there's book value and there's the number of shares on the books. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. So when you talk about private company and essentially almost always those private companies, the stock is owned by the owners. The, the original founders or those that put money into it. It's not something that just anybody anywhere has it. Now, they may divvy out stock to employees that have been there for a while. If they're private, they may do all that. One of the things about the private stock is that there are restrictions on the ownership and the sale, if there ever is a sale, of their stock ownership. And the SEC is the one that sort of governs how and when you can do that because it's very... Um, it's not regulated as much. Yeah, and, and and the other thing too is the regulation comes from any type of internal manipulation. Like if you know you're going to go public and you want to try and boost your stock, that's what they're that's what they're really trying to do. Um, a good example of this is is uh, Robinhood literally just went public what a week or so ago, and so think about that. There's the original original founders, and they may have had in, you know internal employees who over time. Um, yeah, in fact, we were talking about one of our other clients who, um, actually they were part of, I can't remember which company they were with, but they had like shares that they gained over time. Right. And so, yeah. So, so again, people could have been part of, I, I'm, I'm 99% positive that people with Robinhood, there were, you know, VP, executive, whatever levels, Hey, you work with us, you help us. We're going to give you, you know, a certain ownership percentage of, of a certain number of shares. So, yeah. Yep. So, and that's the thing, private companies generally have then, and the reason they w might stay private is, is they get to control their company a lot more, right? They can structure it how they want, they can have the ownership how they want, but they just don't get the flexibility of selling their ownership shares to other people. Right. Because less of liquid restrictions. Yep, a lot less yep. liquidity, right? So, you have the luxury of ordering me around, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we're private and I can't really tell you what to do. And I tell you what to do and then you're like, nope. Nope. <laughs> Screw you, buddy. Um and and but yeah, but if but you know, if you and I were like, hey, look, I'm tired, I'm ready to move on, it's hard to sell your ownership interest in the company, right? You, you, we've got to either, you know, either we've got to buy you out or, you know, um or yeah, it's so it's a lot less uh liquidity, it's a lot you can't just go and say, hey, stockbroker, sell my shares of, you know, uh, yeah. my Prosper team or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got to be some sort of private transaction almost all the time. So, okay. So now that sort of brings us to the reason why a lot of these companies want to get to a point that they do go public and they have this thing called an IPO, initial public offering. So they're going from a private company to now a public company. And what comes along with that are a fair amount of stipulations to get oh, yeah. to that it's, point. It's a it's a big deal. Um, I mean, you want to talk about, you know, again, we just said this a minute ago, but you want to talk about regulation, restrictions, things like that. 
in fact, there's even limitations on what can happen with the shares sold in the first six months. Yeah. Right. Just because, again, the SEC doesn't want manipulation happening, things like that. Front running, stuff like that. Yep. Front, exactly. Front running, all these things. Yep. So, so uh, you know, when you think about public companies, just go to the exchanges and you see all the public companies there. And But there are well-known companies out there that are actually private. Uh, you know, even uh, Elon Musk was talking about making Tesla a private company again. <laughs> yeah, no, that that no, you're great point. That does that does happen from time to time where uh, companies will delist or come off of the exchanges. Uh, one of two ways: either a, they're just not profitable enough anymore, right? There's not enough. Nobody wants it. Nobody cares. So they they are and they're so diluted in what they're worth. They come off the exchange. They have no way to to really trade. They buy back, all, you know, or Sometimes, like you're saying with Elon Musk, it's like, hey, I, I want to have more control. I don't have to deal with all the extra red tape, dividends, dealing with, you know, earnings calls, all these things, or, or you know, all, uh, quarterly calls, all those things. So they'll say, screw it. I'm going to go buy up all the shares and pull, pull them back into my company. So, yep. So go yeah. backwards into being a private company. So a couple of points as they go through this IPO process. So one, you have these things called investment banks. And, and basically, investment banks are helping private companies do two things. One is assess what is the value of your company and how many shares do you want to throw out to the public. So, you know, easy numbers. If you say the company's worth a million dollars and we've got a thousand shares, so we now know what each share is worth based on this right. valuation. Right. Well, and not only that too, there's, so this is, this stuff's fun. This, I loved this stuff, like more from, uh, I don't want to say a hobby standpoint, but you know, it's, it's, it was hobby. really <laughs> a hobby. Ty's only, hobby is, is going all, through IPUs and evaluating their only, work. Only, only I would say that. Very exciting. No, in my undergraduate <laughs> and in my graduate program, I loved the valuation with, with, uh, with IPOs. Like I loved doing this. It was, and again, it's like, is that what I do today? I mean, I still, we still value companies all the time. We value ETFs all the time. That's what part of our trading is. Right. But, but not in the same extent like it did before. That's what I say. It was more like, kind of like, it was fun. It was a fun little thing exercise I loved doing, uh, back in the day. And, and what they'll do is they'll issue what's called a red herring to kind of gauge where they think the price should be. Because but back to the point you were just saying, the the actual value might equate to a certain dollar amount, but but these investment bankers are going to say, hey, you know what, though, actually, you've got like Robinhood, right? Robinhood, you've got so much buzz about you, right? That's kind of that speculative cream on top. So, so yeah, and that was what was funny. It was, it was Robinhood actually came out and they floundered for the first little bit, right? Their prices they didn't. And so it's like you almost think, oh, that investment banker was an idiot. But obviously, they've made up for it in spades, right? Um, and so, no, but it's it's a the investment. Sorry, the valuation, the investment banker's job, the valuating all that stuff. It's actually pretty cool because you get to get into these nuts and bolts of what is this thing really worth, and it's never black and white like accounting, right? Account accounting is simple. I guess it's not simple. It's hard, but it's very straightforward. It's black objective. and white. It's very objective, very, very objective. 
which is so funny because again, I was either I was either going to go the accounting route or I was going to go the finance route. And I was like, man, accountants are too boring. I'm going the finance route. Um, sorry Pick to any right accountants one. listening. Um, yeah, all the accountants listening, you're boring. But that, but the finance side, there's a little bit of a secret sauce element to it of, okay, what's like, how do you put a value on goodwill? How do you put a value on brand and, and recognition? How do you put a value on potential, um, like tech, techno, like I think, I think Robin Hood's, I think a big part of Robin Hood's value was forward thinking mentality. Right. And so, and so that, anyway, so, so that's what this investment, it's a crazy cool process IPOs. It really is. So So, this idea of these investment bankers, right? Goldman Sachs, well, whoever else, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. Most banks have investment banking divisions like Chase and so their job again. And and I do want to, I do want to jump in there really fast because there's actually two parts to it on the invest in investment banking work. Cause there's like actually like a managing broker dealer, like a managing banker there's. So, so there are, there are investment bankers that, that are involved in, you know, kind of being the buddy buddy that's at the table that gets to participate in buying big blocks of this IPO. Right. Cause again, like, um, I don't know. I just, I just remember this from the valuation I did in, in my undergraduate, but like when, when UPS went public, within the first few months that thing or actually within the first few weeks that thing popped so much right so again if you're this investment banker who has a seat at the table who can buy up 30 percent of that block for your clients right and we're talking institutional investors right and you know that thing is going to go public at 12 bucks but it's really truly valued at 30 or 40 bucks you 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 are the bell of the ball if you were able to get in there and buy those stocks for your institute. So so there's investment bankers that are buying up the blocks, and there's investment bankers that are doing the research and the kind of the packaging and bring it to the market. There's and then there's managing BDs that are kind of running everything. Anyways, there's a lot of moving pieces that are that are pretty cool with this whole process. So. Yeah, and just everybody knows a BD is a broker dealer. Thanks. Broker dealer. Yep. Yep. There you go. So the, I like the idea, weeds. Yeah. I'm in those weeds. So there's the investment baker that is that is figuring out the value, and then their job is to work with these different groups to sell. Right. So these other groups get to come in and say, "Okay, you're valuing it at this. We're gonna evaluate the whole company." And like you say, "Oh, you're se- you're you're setting this stock price at ten dollars a share. We think it's worth more than that. We want to buy more." So this whole sort of kind of an insider process. Not even kind well, of. Well, it is. Really. It is. Yeah. Because it's really but, only certain people can really go into and be a part of this initial or, public offering. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I want to stress the most for our listener is it's fun to get excited about IPOs. It's hard to participate in IPOs. It's very hard. Like if you wanted to buy 100 shares of, and that's the thing is it's like, because when they go public, when Robinhood went public, they don't want to go to 8,000 people and sell uh, eight, you know, 100 shares to each of those 8,000 people. It's like, no, we're going to sell this to 10 different groups and they're each going to buy up, you know, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars, right? I mean, they made billions of dollars just barely when they went public. 
they're 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 efficient. They know what they're doing. And you're right. That that's why there's there's so much regulation. You know, it's it. We're in this time frame too, or this mindset in the in in the industry right now in the financial world that you know, the investment bankers are the worst thing in the world. Wall Street's horrible and corrupt, which they are, but. <laughs> Which is true. There's, believe me, there is so much red tape. There's so much regulation in this life, in this phase, this life st- or cycle, part of the life cycle for a stock, more than anything else. There is a ton of regulation here, people. So. Right. Yeah. And so you can see why the owners would want to go public because now what they're doing is, is they're saying all of this equity that you've built up, sweat equity essentially, have built up in this company. Now you get to go out and easily sell portions of your ownership to whoever, and you collect all that money minus some fees and whatever contracts you negotiate with the broker-dealer and those that are selling the stocks. You're keeping a lion's share of what that stock sells for. So you can see why they want to go. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because, I mean, listen, everybody's in business to make money, right? And the idea is, well, I can't, I can't keep this business running. I mean, technically, our business is is it runs in perpetuity, right? Most businesses have no life cycle, or sorry, no no end date. Um, but the idea is like, well, you you know, you and I are going to die at some point. So how do we take the value out of our company, right? And so that's exactly right. When when these companies decide to finally go public, they go public, and and you're right, they if structured the right way, they're left with the lion's share of. Of what's going yeah. on so. yeah now but then what it does is it leaves them in a little less control because a you're you're going public which means all your accounting and all your books are being made public uh knowledge so a lot more scrutiny on you as a company and then you're talking about things like board of directors and obviously the shareholders depending on are going to have some say in some of this stuff so you are losing a little bit of that but what you're gaining obviously is lots of cash i remember when facebook went public I mean, the amount of money that they brought in just was insane. Oh, so, and, you know, so crazy. Yeah. Those owners generally still hold a vast portion of the ownership in the company still. Yeah. Now, a couple of terms. This is called the primary market. This is when these IPOs happen. This is the primary market. And like you were talking about, there's going to be still some holding time periods before then we move into the next phase which is going to be really the public or the secondary market. And this is where you see the ticker symbols. This is where you see the New York Stock Exchange. This is the secondary market. And now anybody, if they want to, can go buy shares uh, of these public companies now. Right. Um, now, I, I will say, too, that keep in mind that there, there, still, is, there still is this element of, of regulation. Even Obviously, there's regulation in the secondary markets, how things are bought and sold. Yada, yada, yada. But 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 there are still some regulations even after that initial public offering phase, where you know uh, business owners can only drop so many shares. They have to notify if they're buying back. There's a lot of there is and a lot of, if, of, of regulation yeah. that goes into that. What's so. what's the term where they know information and they're trading on that yeah, information? It, yeah. Martha Stewart. Mar- Martha, Martha Stewart, right? Yeah, there's like, you know, you you can't sell within a certain period of time if you know something that's private. You can do it after it's public, but it's only a certain period of time after you can do it. So anyway, yeah, all of that stuff is still there to try to protect and make, create the integrity of these markets so that there's not this 
um, uh, you know, devaluing or overvaluing stocks for the benefit of those that are in the know. For, for, for manipulative purposes, exactly. Now, again, I will circle back around, though. I definitely want to acknowledge the fact, because I keep kind of pounding this, this like, I, you know, this idea that, you know, there's regulation. It's great. They, they protect us. Look, there's there's insider trading. There's greed. There's manipulation. It, it, is, it exists. It's a game. It, this is absolutely a game, right? But it's not as as evil and manipulative as, as people think. Or like, again, this is getting through this noise, right? People are like, Wall Street be damned. It's like, no, it's actually a really efficient system. It really is. Very efficient system. Um, and, and, and also, too, there's a, there's a key point here, too. Uh, we all love to make money on different positions. I mean, look at GameStop, AMC, all these different companies that people that that the the punk rockers, right? If I if I may be so bold as to draw from a previous episode, uh, you know they they like to play these games. But it's like the only reason that that it really is a, you're able to do that is because of this awesome this cool system of this secondary market, right? You've got liquidity, so. Um. Um, just as another example of that too, I mean, remember uh, how the, uh, was it Doge? You couldn't, they stopped trading Doge, right? Because it was, it was like there was freaking out. And so the market actually, there was, there stopped really being this, the secondary market capacity for a little while. Uh, and that's always a bad thing. If you don't have any options for liquidity, if you can't, if there's not somebody willing to buy what you want to sell, that's extremely problematic. Which so. can happen. Yeah. In fact, we'll talk about this with the you know way to evaluate stocks because there's always going to be different ways to kind of look at it. We're going to look at just talk about some basic ones. Very basics. Yeah, exactly. Very basic because there's going yep. to be a whole lot that you can get into if you want to. But some of these basic ones to give you a sense of the company. Things like price to earnings, right? That's a very basic term. There's different variations of what that means, but it's essentially what's the price of the stock to how much it earns. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to jump in with this, I think hopefully it'll be, maybe it'll be beneficial. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'll evaluate that. You go ahead and I'll, I'll okay. it afterwards. The, the biggest key, because now as we shift into it now, I will also say too, none of this is, this is not constitute advice. It does not, we're not giving advice. We aren't, we are not giving any advice right now. We're just talking about valuation methods. Okay. Um, what's really important with this is to know, like it, it's all relative, right? When you look at price to earnings or any, we're going to talk about a few different little, you know, overview pieces here. It's, uh, this is something I learned very, very quickly when, when trying to understand, you know, valuations. It's all relative, right? When you look at like the building sector or when you look at um, telecom or you look at healthcare, earnings per share or price per earnings is going to be very different than tech, right? I mean, look at the earnings or the uh, price to earnings of Tesla, right? It's like six yeah, it's insane. And but again, it's 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 all relative. So so that's a key takeaway from this is when you really if, if you're wanting to look at specific stocks and do some more fundamental analysis like this or technical analysis, you know, as you start to dive into the techs of a tech tech specs of a company or whatever. Um yeah, you you've got to understand it's like okay, but who is your competition or you know what I mean? Because you can't compare 
Tesla to AT&T, right? There's, there's just, it's apples and oranges and it's not going to help your process. So. Yeah. And it's also relative to companies similar. Like you yeah, can look exactly. at Apple and Samsung, right. And make some determinations to it. But like you say, it's relative to each other. It doesn't mean anything in and of and, itself. And this is why I chose the finance route from an educational standpoint. Why I love what I do and why I get so deep into the weeds is there's this element of understanding the secret sauce, right? What, and you know, make your own secret sauce. I don't care what it is, right? There's even been studies done literally. You, you've kind of heard, people have heard this where they've done it before where they've given monkeys darts to throw at a dartboard and how they've had more success than, than you know, certain hedge fund traders and managers. Like, again, I, I'm not going to dive into the deep of what you should or shouldn't do, what your trading strategies should or should not be. But this is this is the fun part of, of this whole thing is you can really say, okay, well, I like to look at these companies compared to these companies. And if there's this much of a variance, I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is yeah. cool stuff. I forgot to judge it. What you said earlier was beneficial. Oh, was it? Okay, good. Yeah, so so I get to keep playing, right? The relative term, yeah, that was that was beneficial. I love it. Okay, I'm going to yeah. keep playing. Okay. So this this price to earnings is just trying to give you a ratio between how much you're paying for the stock versus how much it earns, and that's earns in dividends or what it pays out. And then this term earnings per share, same idea. It's just how much are you getting for what you're paying? For what, yep. Yep. And, and it, sorry, this is important uh, too. It, it, uh, okay, this is why it's important is sometimes that price to earnings is closer than other times. And 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 really, really the, the more excessive that, difference the higher that price to earnings is right it just means more speculation because you're you're saying even though i'm paying you more than what you're really worth it's because i believe in you right i believe elon musk is going to do something insanely great like Robinhood. like that's really people are like Robinhood's cut out a ton of their fee structure which is amazing and which i think is the wave of the future and that's it. I, I think they're forward thinking. I want to invest in them. So. Yeah. So there's a term that, that you can sort of, you know, gather from it. It's a term between, you know, growth versus value. Growth stocks, value stocks. And you can kind of figure that out. Growth is companies you expect, hey, I'm paying $100 a share for it right now. I'm buying it because I want it to be worth 150 or $200 a share. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this kind of comes back to this life uh, or life cycle that we're talking about of a stock, right? P a private company, they go public, they have an IPO, they're the next hottest thing. Like, I mean, Facebook was like the bell of the ball. What? How long ago they go public? I can't even Five, remember. Five, six years ago. So, like. Yeah. Well, and, you know, who's the bell of the ball now, right? Uh, Robin Hood, right? So th the point is like, so that is, you're right. If you're in that growth phase, uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to mean like a specific timeline because different industries have different growth cycles, right? Um, but what you're talking about as far as like the value, which I think you were going to get into next when I cut you off, value is like the lower end of that, or, or sorry, that kind of the, the tailing end of that of that life cycle of the stock, right? Where it's like your, uh, your Coca-Cola, right? Is Coke really going to ever change like how I mean, much bigger can they get? Ho hopefully they don't change because New Coke was was a train uh, wreck. Uh -huh. 
but here's the thing too. I, I am I am an, an addicted person to Coca-Cola, the yeah. caffeinated and sugar beverage. And so yeah, it's like people are gonna keep drinking it. So there's value in Coca-Cola. Yeah. So and the value stocks you can, you know, see again, you're not expecting them to just pop in value or price. You're really looking for maybe more cash flow or dividends. Yep. Right. Um yeah, and, and that's a good point that you bring up. In fact, um, if, if I may tangent for a second, this is what's been really interesting this year in the market, right? Because because we can look at these different ways that stocks are structured and it tells us a story. And this, this year has been so interesting because I think there is this concern that the market's overvalued, which that's debatable. Um, the market's overvalued. And that There's, means? Meaning we're paying across the board more, way right? too wait we're paying way like like real estate right i'm paying way too much for a house i shouldn't be paying as much for a house so there's that there's that kind of thought and then there's obviously the risk of inflation so so what's been interesting so the last two or three years the bell of the ball has been tech which is growth right which is the elon you know the, the teslas of the world the amazons of the world right those companies have been really doing really well but this year's been interesting because the markets have kind of oscillated back and forth between do I go growth or do I go value? Do I go growth? Or do I go value? In fact, um, I'm not, I won't dive into all the numbers, but it was really interesting looking at the first three years of this, or th- first, sorry, first three months of this year versus the last you know four or five months of this year. It's been really interesting watching how that's how that's shifted back, and even too like like today, literally today in the market, there was this battle back and forth of. Was it going to be more Nasdaq or more Dow Jones? Because Dow Jones is it consists of more of like the the Cokes of the world, right? Nasdaq consists of more of like the t- the Teslas of the world. So again, it's interesting even in the markets watching this kind of battle back and forth with what do people want? Do we want more value that we know we can trust and more higher you know had that something that has higher dividends, or do we want that pop, right? So it's, so it's really interesting as as you and I are talking about this even to see that in real life, how that's, how that's having that battle. So, yeah. So, and then you'll hear a couple of other terms, uh, relative to it. You'll talk about large, mid and small cap companies, right? You'll hear that term capitalization, how big the company is, right? And you can imagine again, if they're large, meaning they're the biggest companies in the country, probably more stable, small companies, meaning smaller capitalization. Now we're still talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's all relative as Ty's beneficial statement just a little bit ago meant. But those companies definitely have more room to grow, but it also might mean they're a little bit less stable. So you're going to take on more risk with a small cap company than a large cap. Right. Typically like a small cap is 300 million. And again, what's capitalization, right? It's basically like, what's your bottom line? What are you worth? right? Your, your company. And that capitalization, usually it's, you're talking like a few hundred million up to maybe a few billion. That's small cap, right? Mid's kind of two to 10 billion, 10 billion above. That's usually large cap, right? So, and obviously there's different opinions for what really where it falls in, but you're right. If I'm a smaller company and, you know, I'm only capitalized at say, um, $700 million, still an amazing company, right? That's, I mean, that's a, you could have a really cool, but but I carry a lot more risk than if I'm Apple, right? And I've got, you know, fi- what? how many billions in, do they have in cash? I think, I, I, think right? I looked yesterday and they got a hundred something billion in cash. In cash, yeah. Ca- in, in cash. cash. In cash. Cash. Yep. I think it was all buried with uh, 
what's his name? With the, yes, Jobs with Steve yeah. Jobs. Yeah, I think it's in his his tomb. Yeah, another term I want to just throw out too with this is volume trading volume. Now, most companies that are on the that you hear the popular ones, the trading volume meaning the amount of times it's being bought and sold uh, in a day is nothing to worry about as much as it is to just figure out what's going on. But if volume is low, it means selling that stock could be tough. Absolutely. It was that, it was that secondary market we're talking about, right? Yeah. There might not be much to the secondary market. Yeah. So just know that when they say volume, it's just how often they're trading. And most of your big companies, most of the ones we think of are obviously trading a lot in a day. Right. So, exactly. So just keep your minds on that. Um, in fact, you know what? Let me let me just just to that exact point. Give me one second. I'm actually pulling up uh, part of our little uh, uh, our um, sorry the like we have our portfolio right and the data we look through right and it's it's like we can see the difference in volume right and what's traded right. So um, I mean we're talking like the S and P five hundred. It, it, it trades in, in, in a volume of billions of trades a day, right? Whereas, whereas like, um, here, let's pull up another one. Let me pull up, uh, so QQQ, right? Um, uh, and small caps, some of the small caps, like they may trade in, in tens of millions, right? That's the volume, right? So obviously something trading, with, you know, 10 million shares a day, that's, there's a lot of difference there versus you know the S&P 500, which is billions of shares trading a day. Um, it, it, the other thing too, I will is a little side note as you know to kind of how you can build your own little secret sauce. That's something that you can look at and, and kind of gauge is what's the you know what is the uh, trading volume, right? Um, in fact, so like you know as tech was doing a lot better, you know about a week or so ago, the trading volume was really low. Right. Nobody wants to get out of it. Uh, but, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, a month or two ago, we saw we had another little um, sell off in the market. Right. And the trading volume bumped. It, it spiked nearly seven times. Right. So just volume is something that you can. Now, does it always mean it's bad to sell? You have to sell. No, it doesn't. Right. But there is there is information to be gleaned from what's happening with volume. Yeah. So. Yep, and that kind of falls into more of a technical analysis of, of what you're seeing versus price to earnings, which is more fundamental to the company. So both of those can be really important to look at when you're trying to evaluate if you're going to be buying a stock or not. So now we're going to go to basically the death of stocks. Because it's important to remember when you're buying a stock, you are an owner of the company in whatever small percentage you have you would be almost always what's called a common stock owner, right? And it's important to understand this because you talk about the risk of investments. Stocks will always have what's known as absolute risk, right? Meaning it could be worth zero. It could go down to where the company is no more. Right. Right. You, you, you're and it, the interesting thing is, is at some, it, like we were talking about before, you can even get to the point where you're delisted basically where it's like, look, nothing's going to really trade anymore for this thing. You know what I mean? Or, um, yeah, it's like, you I mean trying to get somebody to buy your shares. It's almost ludicrous because it's just not worth anything. So, yeah. 
Right. So, and when we think about this for stock ownership, it's important to kind of understand why it's on that. So you talk about things like bankruptcy, you know, if a company files bankruptcy, so we're talking about whether it's Chapter 7 or Chapter 11, whatever they do. Uh, is it Chapter 11 that's reorganization? Is that how it works? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think 11's reorganization, 7's, yeah. So, and 7's out just, just selling everything off and they're done. Common stock's on the very bottom rung of that, uh, of the totem pole. Top of it would be like, you know, uh, specific creditors who have specific liens on assets all the way down through bondholders, preferred yeah, stockholders. And, 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 and even in bond, like for each of these, there's different levels. Like, so there's, there's a secured debt because so, there's creditors, right, who maybe are collateralized by property, plant, and equipment. But then there are actual bondholders, which are lower, and the bondholders may be um, secured. So they're going to get paid out first before an unsecured. And that's where it's like different bonds have different ratings for what you're going to get paid, right? Because remember, bondholder, you you gave you gave money to the company. You're a debtor. Or yeah, sorry, you you, you're, the, money, you're, you're their creditor. Yeah, yeah, they're a debtor to you. Um, yep, yeah, you're exactly right. And then once you go from the debt, you go to preferred stock, right? Which is kind of this hybrid between, yeah, and then exactly right, common stock, you hit the nail on the head. You are literally bottom of the barrel. And so that's the reason why you can see such fluctuation on that because essentially, for the most part, not completely, but all stock is speculative on value. As you mentioned earlier, what is the value of a company? What factors into that value? Everybody is trying to project its value because common stock has the highest, most to gain from a company doing well, but it also has the most to lose the company doesn't do well. So that's the reason why people want to get involved and want to do it because it just gives them a chance to get above average returns above, uh, you know, treasuries and bonds. That's what they want. That's what everybody wants. Well, and uh, exactly. It's kind of this whole like risk reward thing, right? So, um, yeah, in fact, I was just looking at, uh, at, Delta, right? Remember, Delta went through uh, a restructuring, right? Or sorry, a, a, a bankruptcy, right? And so obviously that's going to impact your price. But but had you held on to their stock, right, um, through their bankruptcy proceedings, I mean, to back coming back to this point, like they, they didn't fully shut down their door, so you didn't lose everything. But your value dropped way, way down, right? Your stock was, you know, extremely low worth for a while. But, you know, depending on how you ride the wave or don't ride the wave, you know, you you can come back from, from some of these things. So. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So that's sort of the life cycle. You're going from a private company, initial public offering, secondary market, and then obviously it can just continue on, but. The end of growth, the cycle. The growth, are some. you growth? Are you value? Mm-hmm. You know, are you a high dividend paying company? You know, in, in the world of the living in, in publicly traded stocks, there's variances for who is what and yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. So, and granted, this is a very brief overview, going to be a lot more you can get into, but this is hopefully helpful to, to start thinking about if I'm going to go buy individual stocks, individual companies. Those are some of the, the, the common initial things to look at. Certainly a lot more, but that's a good place to start. To, to, to do that if that's what you want to do. Absolutely. Ty, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, past performance doesn't predict future results. Perfect. 
that's it. Perfect. No, this is good. I like it. I mean, again, it's, 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 you know, it's easy to jump into tangents like I do, but no, this is good. Like I said, I like that. I liked your idea of this, this, this episode to kind of dive in. So people really understand where you at in this life cycle. Cause again, you don't ever want to buy a stock because you got a hunch or your buddy told you this is what you should do or again like it or love it i don't know i kind of have issues with like the amcs the meme stocks those kinds of things like but mostly because you know the way we trade for clients we're not really speculative right um hopefully this gets people to think more about well maybe i can you know take 15 or 20 minutes and look and see uh, you know, what is their, what is their, what is their debt to income ratio, right? What, what does their trading volume look like? What does their price to earnings look? You know what I mean? It's like do a little bit of research, right? Are they a growth stock or a value stock? Are they large cap? Or are they small cap? Are they mid cap, right? Understanding the differences. I, hopefully that'll help, you know, hopefully that'll help some people make some, some better decisions with yeah. their stock portfolios. And so. maybe down the road, we'll do a little bit more in-depth uh, uh, analysis training too. Maybe who knows? I don't I like know. that. I you like would that. almost like, like that. a cooking class, like a cooking class, but with stock trading. Yeah, oh, an advanced. Course. The secret sauce training, like literally, like a cooking class. Like yeah. here is the secret sauce. We'll, we'll get into Ty's hobby of being Mac MacD fundamental analysis, technical analysis. Yep, that's Schiller curve, Schiller PE ratio. Oh man, I could I could go on for days. Yeah, that's Ty's hobby being boring. <laughs> being boring. I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ty. Kay. Thank you for Thanks, your hey, everybody. Ty and dot com. Oh. The website. Oh, last thought. Last thought too. Um we talked about this on our market mini this week. But yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in a couple of weeks we're gonna do an episode on the ETFs. Ooh. And talk a little right. about that. And we're gonna put together a little bit of um uh almost like a fantasy football league. Yeah. Right, it's gonna be fun, and, and and not only Ryan and I are gonna pick, but we're thinking we're gonna open this up to our listeners, mm. and there may or may not be incentives for the people that do that. So, what do we want to do? Tell us what we're gonna do. Well, we're gonna introduce that. Yeah, we're gonna pick. Basically, people are gonna pick their ETFs, right? Not not today. Not today. But we're gonna we'll, introduce this idea so everybody. Okay, so I won't. Okay, I won't dive into the. I see. I'm bad about holding back information. I like to give all the information. Yeah, you do. So, just hold back okay. a little bit, Ty. I can't. But yeah, I'm not everybody, tyandry.com. You could subscribe. Go to YouTube, Ty and Ray Podcast. And thanks for following. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Ty. See you, man. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ty and Ray, the Finance Guys podcast today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit subscribe. That way you won't miss any future episodes. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Ty and Ray Podcast. Also, check us out at myprosperteam.com. Thanks. We will see you next week.